Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Hmm. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. I, um... I don't know what to say, because I just came off laughing so hard before the show started. Yeah. That, uh, we, had a, we had a good, solid laugh, and uh, it makes me happy <laughs> because it sets the tone of the show. Well, because... So, here, so here's the thing, uh, friends. Yeah. Um, on the live show, we used to be able to play some pretty fun music, and it would it would kind of just everybody be headbanging a little bit. You know, we'd yeah. maybe a little Amon Marth, maybe yeah. some old school metal, maybe some some Iron Maiden, something fun, right? right. Um, and we can't do that anymore on Twitch. So Twitch. we um, and not that this is terrible, but we're play, we play Elder Scrolls music. It's it's an Elder Scrolls show. We play Elder Scrolls music, and it is not as Heavy metal, as some of the stuff we may normally listen to. But it's no, don't get me wrong; it's like I, I'll listen to Elder Scrolls music all day long. Yeah. Oh, yeah? So when the show starts, everybody's like, "Oh, Elder Scrolls!" Yeah, it takes you this uh, takes you this wonderful, beautiful universe, and you're in it. And oh, you know the sunrise and the sunset, and you're looking at the stars. And you're you're you know uh, all the things, right? But it's like, yeah. uh, man, I, I really want to feel hyped. I want to get hyped up. Yeah, so started? we started. We started the stream with a uh, tension breaker. Yeah, we had did. To be done. Yeah, yeah, had to be done. Regret nothing. Basically, me screaming. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh man. Well. Yeah. What's new, dude? Not the man. Hell of a week. Yeah. <laughs> Hell great. of a week. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, tons of work. Yeah. Which is. That's normal. It's uh, it's that's my deal. Um, tons of work this week, but um, I played a lot of ESO. I finished the main storyline. Oh, ooh, okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Finished the main storyline, right. and yeah. apparently, I also have done a crap ton of side quests in Blackwood because. Um, oh, I don't know. Can I nope. even say it? You can't. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> Dang. Uh, yeah. So um, anyway, uh, you're reminded when you finish the main storyline in Blackwood, just how many side quests you actually did. And apparently I did a bunch. Because <laughs> uh, it's quite a shindig. But uh, uh-huh. anyway, so um, so there's that. Um, I loved it. I was uh, I was I was saddened at times. I was I was truly saddened. Mm-hmm. Um, some twists. I did enjoy the twists. I I did enjoy murdering certain people. Murder. I did enjoy a, a little spot of murder on occasion. And uh, gosh, what else? Okay, uh, another another. Yeah, I know we're going to talk about mid-year mayhem. So just yeah, I know. Keep your pants on. Um, well, mine were off until just now. So I you know thank you for clarifying. Wait, so they were off, and then I said that, and you put them back on? Yeah, that quick. Like a gazelle. Okay. Well, next time wear some pants, it'll go over that shirt. <laughs> America, baby! <laughs> this is my 4th of July shirt, and I wanted to wear it early. <laughs> he's literally wearing a shirt 
of a bald eagle that's not so bald because he has a mullet. And he's wearing a pair of old school Oakleys. I'm pretty sure they're aviators. You're going to be an American get it right. Those are not aviators. Yeah, they're Absolutely. definitely not now that I look. Those are Oakley blades. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they absolutely are. Good call. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty kick ass. got a mullet. Um, I'm wearing my PvP shirt. It's fun to say. Because PvP is fun to say, and this is the week to wear the shirt. So. <laughs> it's true. Good call. Yeah, but um, yeah, the other uh, notable thing that happened to me this week is that um, my youngling, my 17 year old, started streaming. Yeah. How cool is that, mm-hmm. huh? Dude, I a couple couple things. First of all, um my daughter my daughter's 17, she's gamer. She's was super excited about learning how to stream. And like at first I was like, oh, like Twitch can be gnarly. So I'm like, uh well, why don't we just uh see how it goes? And that only takes you so far with a teenager before they're like Hey, Dad, check out this piece of equipment. Check out this piece of equipment. And I'm like, oh, she's doing her research. So anyway, we just uh, we dove in, got her what she needed to uh, to start streaming. And um, I, I got to say, and I know she's my kid, but holy crap, she's like a natural streamer slash entertainer. Like I was like, you got to be kidding me. She She's actually really good at it. And the second part of that is I want to just say. Thank you to everybody who came out. We, we tweeted it out and a lot of people showed up to watch her stream. And she was like kind of blown away. And she's like, uh, she's like texting me like, uh, and I was like, I know, uh, just do what you do. And, and she did a really good job. And, um, just people from everywhere just came to, um, to support her. And, um, and then, uh, slash lurk showed up in chat. And that was very I, cool. It blew me away. I was like, dude, I sent him a little message and just said, dude, that was so cool. Like, thanks a lot. That really meant a lot to us and to her, you know, because she like she didn't recognize the name. But like afterwards, I told her (laughs) and she's like, wait, what? (laughs) I said, yeah. So um, just that to me is just ESO fam and the way that uh, that folks are in the game that we play. Yeah. And uh, I just could not be more thankful for all of that. But anyway, if anybody's interested uh, she's probably going to be streaming a couple nights a week, and she does. She likes to do horror games, and you know she'll play Fortnite. She's really freaking good at Fortnite, so she'll do Fortnite. She wants to play Minecraft with her friends and get her own little server. Anyway, Twitch.tv forward slash Libby Lemon L I B B I E L E M O N. If you're interested in hanging out with us while she's streaming, throw her a follow. So give her them oh, follows. Man. She man. was crushing it, like in. Yeah, and again, not I. I have known this child since she was eight years old, and watching her yeah. just do her first stream, get on yes. there, and her cadence, her tempo between playing the game and talking with chat, she was owning it, and she wasn't tense at all. She was so chill. She's so innately. She probably doesn't even have to try, and she's innately good. <laughs> she's so good. Yeah, it's pretty cool so to watch, especially good. especially when she drops an f bomb. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> kid, look what you did!" 
Look, guys, when you have a teenager, there's only certain things that you're going to be able to control. And she's not, not like she has a terrible potty mouth, but like today she was playing horror game and she just she let loose a couple of times. And I was just like, dude, you might want to curtail the F-bomb just a bit. <laughs> oh, she did. Good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was a good time. It was classic. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, everyone. Hey, twitch.tv slash Libby Lemon. Go. It's L-I. You said it. L-I-B-B-I-E. Yeah. L-E-M-O-N. Yeah. Yep. How that about was, your week, though, man? That was fantastic. Uh, work. Lots of work. Lots of audio study. Every day is a deep dive in audio for me. 24-7, and I get about 45 minutes at night where I can either work on the website or whatever I'm working on, play games uh, for about 45, 50 minutes, or, you know, whatever that entails. And so, anyway... Uh, yeah, man. Stam Crow is my jam right now. <laughs> I love it, dude. The tables have so turned, and I don't even care. Cause I just want to, like, I don't have to talk about it. No one would ever know. But I feel like it's fun to, you know, just you know, let loose a little bit and talk about it. And, you know, I, I, I will honestly say I enjoy all the classes in this game. I do. Um, and so I, I feel like it's a rotation. Or it may be months, it may be years, but I'll tell you what. This Stam Crow right now... Um, having a blast in pve i've really moved from a pvp player only to uh pvp and pve and uh i hadn't uh you know it was just hours before mid-year mayhem began and i'm like okay i gotta th- normally I, th- I really plan this out because that's like one of my all-time favorite events of the year P- again pvp or at heart right from like way back in skotor days so anyway um super stoked about it you know blah 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 threw together his build kept tweaking it tweaking it tweaking it and oh my gosh i'm like oh there's so much fun just having a blast in battlegrounds and i'm looking forward to getting um in the zero lore seeker zero group they're running and uh having some fun but man i can't wait we're gonna we're gonna put this uh i think i'll put this build i'll bring some builds back when our site launches which by the way it's literally in the final stages, we're just going through, kind of just dotting the I's, crossing the T's, overlooking some things. Yeah, putting a little, little hook little. over the J's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got J's in there, so you got to put the little hook on top. Thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. I didn't realize how much content, you know, over the course. I don't feel like we've done this for three years, but we've done this. We're on our way to four years of this, and uh, holy crap, that's a lot of yeah. stuff. <laughs> And like, dude, what did I tell you just like just this morning? What did I tell you about my feelings about Elder Scrolls Online again? Like real talk. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't remember what you said. Ah, oh, perfect. Glad to see you're listening. When I'm pouring my heart out to you, all over the floor, right there, you're just slipping it. I just take scoops, you know, and try to try to piece it together. I said how much I am in love with the game. Oh yeah! I like I have I get that feeling every day again. Just like uh, I got stuff to do. I want to get in the game. I want to play. I want to enjoy it. I want to hop in Discord. I want to be with the peeps. You know, and we're uh, uh, Jibs and I are spending a lot of time with our with our friend Champ right now because he's newer yes. to the game. And we're gonna get him on here. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's funny because I know we talked about him last week, but um, you know, to have a friend that is uh, a veteran at MMOs and watch him come into this game has been an, an experience because he he can figure stuff out very quickly. 
And um, like rotations is like from when he was like level 10, he was practicing light, light attacking and all that stuff. And now we're like, he's getting it down and, and he's putting together builds. And I mean, he's been playing the game for almost two weeks and he's CP 200 already. Yeah, he is. He's playing the game. Like when I say that, like I really mean it. And it's been fun to be able to, I don't want to say handhold because I don't think he needs handholding, but to um, to introduce and to foster a new player into the game and then watch them really enjoy it and like get text messages and stuff and message on Discord about, oh, my God, like I love this part and I love this about the game. And that has been fun because when we started our show, our show was really we, we were new to the game coming back to it and we were learning a lot of the stuff so as as now you know veterans of the game being able to take somebody from square one to where he's going to end up you know, we know how good he's gonna end up <laughs> when he really absorbs all this stuff has been a really cool experience so if you ever have the experience as a veteran player to take somebody by the hand and show them the ropes do it Absolutely. It's he's in chat, too. Cool. Oh, he's it. There he is. Hey, buddy. Yeah. What's up, man? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's been, <laughs> he says, I like you holding my hand. You're dirty. <laughs> it's dirty. It's so much fun. Honestly, it's yeah. so much fun. And it's rewarding, too, you know, taking the time. Yeah. And it's uh, been nothing but a blast this past week playing the game. And yeah, you're right. This game is so. It's not just the game, it's the lore and the stuff behind it. And, you know, the things that, that mm-hmm. you connect with. And then you, and it, it just, I, this is maybe simple, but man, that, that bell in Leowin, when you're sitting around there and you're doing your thing and, and NPCs are talking and players are running by and just the daily life of Leowin, then the bell kicks huh. in. I'm just like, oh yeah. It's funny that you should say that. Daddy lucky. Because we're going to, we're going to explore that in our lore lesson today. Oh, all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what's folks, going on in the show today? Yeah, so uh, episode uh, this is episode one twenty one. Welcome, folks. If this is your first time hanging out, welcome. This is the Lore Seekers podcast for Elder Scrolls Online. We are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by Cash. It's nice to be here, folks. And uh, it's been it's been a super fun week. Uh, a couple days ago, we started Mid Year Mayhem. I know we're going to talk uh, a little bit more about that. That's why I'm wearing my PvP penis T shirt. And um, yeah, it's just a general amazing time to be a part of this community playing this game. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, and and that, I think that's going to be reflected a lot in the content today. So last week on the show, we talked uh, ESO Plus, the free trial was going on, the, the E3 wrap-up. You know, we had definitely, um, we talked a little bit about Starfield, which was fun. Uh, buddy, what? buddy, what? I, I hate to, I'm going to fun fact you right now, dude. Fun fact it, do it. I want this is going to be short. If you want it, you can find it. It's out there. Elder Scrolls six, right? Yeah. And this goes back to E3 and Starfield. Elder Scrolls six. I know that, uh, that there's a lot of speculation that Elder Scrolls six is going to take place in. With the Red Guards. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. There was there is speculation that on that Starfield trailer. In true Bethesda fashion, they dropped another clue that we are going to the home of the Red Guards. It's 100%. Or, 
or Elder Scrolls Six. It's like almost a hundred percent. And that you can search it, you guys. It's it absolutely blew my mind as they are panning down on the panel of the ship. There is a small little icon that doesn't look like any of the other icons that are on there that somebody took, pulled it out of Photoshop, and put it right over a map of the region of Alakir. And it looks just like the map. In a lot of similarities, it looks like that region and parts of High Rock. Yup. Could you imagine, like, if that's true and they did put that little tiny Easter egg in there and somebody actually found it? Anyway. That is that's my little fun fact for this part of the show, but um, yeah, I was I was pretty blown away at that. Oh, I think you're spot on, especially when if you go back to the the trailer they talked about. Um, I, I I think it was the one that had Shirley on there um, that they were you know when they were talking about bringing her in the game as an NPC, and it was funny because they were showing off um, their new tech that they're using that allows them to pretty much scan into the game. Um, the like the things that are out in the world. It's like photo scan. I don't know the exact uh, tech. Oh name. yeah, they're they're doing it with the new Forza. Yeah, and that that it's incredible. The things that they were bringing in that the game in that scene in that trailer was desert themed. Was one hundred percent desert rock looking things, and I'm just like okay, yeah, okay, okay. They're they're so sneaky, but I love the way that they do it. I know. I like. I just yeah. appreciate fans because fans. And they knew, they knew it. They knew, like, hey, we're going to put this here. Someone's going to find it. Because it, you yeah. don't see something perfectly cut. Like, almost just, like, verbatim. Like, <laughs> how crazy how close it was. You don't when see you, that for yeah, when you When you have uh, the love of a community, uh, the, the, the just diehard love of a community that loves the lore of your games that will put websites together and spend time writing and speculating and translating, you know you got it. Yeah. You know you've built a game world that is worthy. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that goes for that goes for, for all of them. Yeah. I mean, absolutely Elder Scrolls, obviously. Absolutely Fallout. And, I mean, now you're looking at a, an entire new IP that Bethesda's putting together. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so funny you say that. We're yeah. going to be talking about a little bit about the, that interview later. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good things cooking over at Bethesda and uh, ZeniMax and uh, now Xbox. And they're all together in the Microsoft family. So uh, last week on the show, we did talk uh, the Bethesda E3 wrap-up. We talked Endeavors and the wonderful debate there. We got some good feedback on that. Uh, <laughs> new Crown Crates uh, lore lesson on Keisha the Black Fan. That's part two. That's part three continues tonight. Today... Whatever you're listening, morning, evening, night. This week on the show, we're talking again part three, Keshi the Black, uh, Keshi the Blackfin, or lesson series. We're answering your mail. We're talking Matt Fyror and the future of ESO. What he has to say about it. Midyear Mayhem, of course, and the world plays ESO a new event happening from friends over at Zenimax. But uh, I grabbed the mail along the way in. And uh, before we jump into Good. any of that... Good for you. I'm glad I, I put that on you. Yeah, well, it, I felt only appropriate. I felt only appropriate. So, uh, anyway, we got a, we got a voicemail today. It's from uh, someone named Roger. Wanting to know uh, <laughs> a good starting point regarding Laurel. Let's take a listen. Hey, this is uh, Roger Pedactor. Um It's just calling... 
because I listened to your show. I stumbled across it. My my uh, my little podcast app just started playing your your podcast. And uh, but I was just thinking about getting into the game, and I didn't know what to think about like uh, somebody who was just starting out in the game. Um, you know, I don't know much about the lore. But I didn't know where you, where maybe you thought I should start. You know, like if if, if you're just going to pick somewhere for me to start, like where, you know, because you guys have been doing this a while, so I was just wondering where you think would be best to start. So uh, yeah, that's all I was just wondering about. So uh, yeah, keep it up, guys. It's good, 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 good listening to you. Wow. Okay. Um. Oh, Roger Predactor called into our show. <laughs> You guys I, don't um, know who Roger Pedactor is. He's from uh, Ace Ventura, and uh, that is that's good uh, stuff right there. Made me laugh, and then I realized who that really was, and immediately called them off air. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Roger, want to know a good starting point for Elder Scrolls lore, particularly if you're, and we'll take this from the standpoint if you're someone new that's coming into the game, and um, Cash, I really think there's. Uh, there's a, I really don't think there's a wrong way you could start, but I guess if you wanted to really start it correctly, and and really provide you yourself with an experience that I feel like would keep on giving because it'd be an easy reference point for you, so you can hold in your hands, would be to go to Amazon, and look up the Elder Scrolls Online lore books. There's two books there. Uh, I believe you can get them both for about forty bucks, and uh, you can sit there and learn the lore of Elder Scrolls and a lot of the content that's in these books are lore books that you'll actually find in the game. So you have that game connection as well going on. Right, right. And that it really, you know, the beauty of of the world that we live in now is that whatever medium you use to get your information, if you're a reader, if you like stuff at your fingertips on your phone, if you want it on your Kindle, if you want to look at YouTube, if you want to go to Twitch streams or, or the game itself, you can pick any one of those things and any number of other things in between to get that story to you the way that you want to absorb it. The way I like to do things is um, like my, usually my morning is my morning routine. We'll drop into my morning routine a little bit. Wake up in the morning. If I'm home, I get a cup of coffee, hang out with my wife for a little bit. And then once my coffee's done, I pour another cup of coffee and I go and I either get on my rower or I get on my bike and I just start warming up because I, I like to work out in the morning. So while I'm doing that, I will throw on either a podcast or YouTube. So there's a lot of different ways to get the lore. And um, what I would suggest doing is one of the things that I really enjoy doing, and I'll, I do it constantly. When I hop on that bike, when I hop on my rower and I, I plop up YouTube, I will watch over and over again ShoddyCast. Absolutely outstanding lore. Um, unfortunately, they're not making um, videos anymore, but there are tons of videos on Elder Scrolls lore to absorb, and the way that they do it is absolutely breathtaking. It's amazing. Um, the other one is Fudge Muppet. Fudge Muppet is absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Um, there is another 
there's another female, and I don't know. I, I'll have to look up her name. Somebody in chat will probably know it, but she is another absolutely outstanding lore hound out there. And um, I'm going to keep an eye on chat because somebody might might call it out. Um, that is a great way to get your lore um, if you like to watch YouTube. If you don't, if you like to read, then absolutely those books, The Land and the Lore, are two great books from Elder Scrolls Online in particular to learn the lore of Elder Scrolls Online as a whole. Um, another really good way is there's several podcasts out there that are very lore-centric. Um, Aramethius has a really good one, Written in Uncertainty, and he is definitely a deep dive into the theory uh, he does a, a lot of theory crafting about about lore, and so he really di- dives into the deeper aspects of it. Um, uh, Lorecast is another really good one. He does all kinds of different games. Of course, us, you know, we have our lore lesson compilations, and um, the way that I wanted to do it was the way that I wanted to learn it. So it, from a chronological perspective, my advice would be to start in the Dawn era. And learn about the aspects and Anno and Padme and all those all those things that happened to where the world of Nern was built and how all of the Adra came together to build the world. The Daedra said, hell no, we're not going to have anything to do with it, but we're going to watch and we're going to screw with what you made. Um, so that way you can really learn the origin story of how the world of Nern was built. And you can continue that into why the age are here, why the danger are here, what their part of the world is, how the races were born, who, uh, who immigrated here from different regions to come to Tamriel, the continent that we, uh, that we enjoy and that we play on and adventure on. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say start, start in the Dawn era then work yourself through the first era, the second era, which is the era that we play in, the third era, which is Oblivion, and then the um, the fourth era. If you played Skyrim, that's where you're that's where you're going to end up landing. And um, so take it chronologically, so you're not confused by anything, and then you will really you'll end up getting very good at lore in the second era because that's obviously the world that we play in in Elder Scrolls Online. So, but if I could give you any advice, it would be that. Dawn era, and then you know, origin story first with Andu and Padme, and then um, the Dawn era, first era, second era, third era, fourth era. That's how I would do it. There you go. Boom. Yeah, thanks for the email. That brought a smile to our faces. That was uh, a good yep. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, all the lore is good. It, it, ugh, all of it. Every bit of it. Take time to enjoy. All right, so coming to us from ElderScrollsOnline.com. Experience every part of Tamriel during the World Plays ESO promotion. So, Elder Scrolls Online's Tamriel is an ever-growing world of adventure filled with dangerous realms to explore, mysterious quests and stories to uncover, a host of unique activities and challenges to overcome, and over 18 million fellow players, it's massive, and it's only getting bigger. So going on right now, friends, through QuakeCon Quake 2021, that's August 19th, by the way, Zoss is challenging a host of special guests, streamers, developers, and you, the fans, to live stream ESO over two action-packed months, 
showcasing absolutely everything the game has to offer new and veteran players alike. This will, uh, the participants include, of course, you, the fans, Zoss's very own creative director, Rich Lambert, mixed martial artist, Robert Whitaker, which is awesome, uh, pro, pro wrestler, Nicole Savoy, uh, I believe she's with Ring of Honor. That's pretty cool if you're into that. Members of the ESO stream team and many more surprising guests along the way, all ready to take on Tamrail. Now, so all these combined, they're going to be taking you through the base game, the DLC zones, chapter storylines. Uh, this includes dungeons, trials, PvP, crafting, antiquities, housing, and more. Now, there's an incentive for you to watch as a fan, because if you tune into any of these streams, you can pick up some in-game goodies. This includes game codes for the latest Blackwood chapter and collectibles, such as Pink Torchbug Pet and much more. Pink Torchbug. Kind of cool. Yep. I love the Torchbugs. True. Kind of collect, start mm-hmm. collecting. I, you know what I think? I think they should come back with the Twitter giveaways for rare pets i know we know we still have these codes we're sitting here i feel like these are relics now because they don't do it anymore <laughs> so no, those, i mean those are going to be good for when for when we stream yep, so it's true. keep an eye out for that folks because we are jibs and i are going to get back to streaming when we can um obviously we're going to stream Mel's girls online but um yeah keep an eye out for that that's coming uh up 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 yeah yeah uh, so, also, Zoss is inviting you to share your own adventures as we showcase the game's different zones, activities, and challenges on Twitter and Facebook using the hashtag WorldPlaysESO. Share your stories Ooh. with us, with the Zoss, I'm sorry, and uh, they'll share uh, your trials and triumphs with the rest of the hashtag ESO fam. So, yeah, over 18 million people playing this game, and, uh, man... This is exciting. It's fun. It's just a good way to bring the community together. I think that's uh, that's a pretty profound number, and of course, that's you know that's going to be everybody who's playing the game on on free accounts and and sub accounts. And but I mean, it does go to show, especially having um, a single server for each platform. I mean, yeah, like you, there's so many people that you might get phased in certain areas, but everywhere you go. It doesn't matter what city you're in. There, there, there's no dead cities. There's always somebody running around in cities, in in the wilderness. You know, all the all these different adventure areas. Even um, the other day when we went, we went back to uh, elsewhere to go hunt dragons, there were so many people there. Dragon landed, and there's like whoa, a whole bunch of players right there. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, and that's two years and, old. And now. Black Blackwood was fresh. Yeah, Blackwood had just shown up. It's like, oh my god! Yeah, so that was that was pretty cool to see that the you know the game is absolutely thriving. Isn't that funny? How like um, now, Grant? I I get it. There's still you know talks here and there about performance things uh, surrounding the server, but isn't that funny just to say the server? Like you're not the dealing server. with multiple yeah. servers. That's a, that's such a common discussion point when it comes to MMOs. Like you know just. When you have this wide list of different servers to choose, whereas here it's just Uno, one. Yeah, and it's you know the um, I've noticed the the servers actually have been very good since our return. They've been fantastic, and yeah. you know you'll get you'll get the occasional disconnect. Um, I think I had one today when we were in a battleground, and it, it's frustrating. But it's like 
Like, who cares? Just log back in and keep going. It's not like, you know, it's a it's a game breaking thing. It just it happens. Right. You hop back in and you're good to go. And people be, will disconnect in a trial every once in a while and then boop, they're right back. Right. So, right. It is what it is. And it's not like a, you know, a normal thing that happens all the time. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, hey, friends, you can take you can take part in this. Get involved. Uh, it's going on again through August 19th. You can check out the stream, see what's going on with uh, all of those awesome friends. At, uh, and make sure you use the hashtag WorldPlaysESO. So, this uh, <laughs> what's going on right now through July 6th. Can't believe it's almost July already. This year is just blowing by. Dude, I, I know. know. Ugh, we're going to be into Witches Festival before we know it. Uh, that would actually be very welcome because it's uh, starting uh, to yeah. get hot. Yeah. starting to get hot in uh, Southern California. Yeah. And, um, Ugh. I'm ready for that. We were walking through Meyer the other day. You have a Meyer over there? That, no, you, that's a Midwest thing. That's yeah. Okay. So anyway, for those who don't know, it's like a fancier Walmart. So anyway, you're walking through there, and they're already getting stuff out for fall and back to school. That's, that's not saying much. Okay, let me say uh, it's like a uh, it's like a Beverly Hills Walmart. There. Okay. All I don't right. think our Beverly Hills actually has a Walmart, but I wonder if Beverly Hills has a Walmart. I bet you if they I bet you they scoff at the idea of a Dollar Tree. Oh they oh yeah, no. Not in Beverly Hills. Listen no, to you. Have it. Do you have one do you have one where you're at? Yeah, they're all over. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I was just wondering. All right. <laughs> so anyway. They on. don't have those shirts though. What, this shirt? This came yeah. from this came from uh it's a sporting goods store. Uh, it's not Dick's Sporting Goods. What was it? Uh, started with an A. I don't know. Anyway. Mullets. Started with an M. Mullets. Uh, started with A because it's awesome. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. Right. America, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 50 stars. Red, white, and blue. All American. All right. So anyway, <laughs> players clash during the Minure Mayhem in-game event. Again, this coming to us from ElderScrollsOnline.com. Dude, we've been enjoying some Minure Mayhem. And uh, it's going on right now through July 6th at 10 a.m. EST. Which, quick note, to all who are getting involved in events, typically on the final day of any event, any event, it always ends at 10 a.m. EST. So if you're, you know, in a moment, you're trying to get stuff done, you feel like, oh, I'm not going to be able to, well, you have till 10 a.m., okay? Um, we've been, you guys got to do, uh, you got to run a serial group the other night, and... Uh, Kind of got to partake a little bit in the Minure Mayhem. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bit. A lot of bit? A lot of bit, yeah. Oh, we um, bit. So they are, the Lore Seekers Guild on PCNA is running groups. Uh, we're usually running them in the evenings. And uh, Toasted Peanut, thank you very much for running. Um, he's been uh, leading, and then some other folks have been hopping in there and, and leading and doing just a really, really great job um, in Ciro. And I have not been to Ciro since we've been back. And now I realize how much I've missed Ciro because I really do enjoy that large group, um, you know, breaking up the group. One group will go here to distract. Another group will go hit, you know, another keep. And then we might get wiped and then we might take a little stealth run all the way up north and try taking some others. It's just been a lot of fun. And I think um, my favorite part now is watching people kind of climb the boards um, I was actually really surprised because I wasn't, I'm not shooting for Emp this year. Um, my uh, stamina warden that I'm playing on or had already got Emp last year. So I'm not 
shooting for it. Like my whole goal this year is just to support others who wanted to and, you know, and rally for the cause. Put it in chat. Hey, so-and-so is pushing for amp. Perfect. I want to be right there helping that person get that. So, um, but I, I was surprised just, I think I played maybe three hours yesterday before I checked our, um, uh, particular shard that we were on and I was already on the board. So I was like, holy crap. <laughs> All we're doing is taking keeps, but yeah, it actually happens pretty quick. So if you get to where, you know, you think you're starting late in the game, like today or tomorrow, and you really, and you want to push for amp and you have a group of people that you, that you play with then just go for it. You know, if you have the time to commit to it, it's, it's totally a doable thing and yep. it's a, it's a pretty cool achievement. It's, it's probably one of my very favorite achievements in the game. One that I never thought that I would attain. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's one of those achievements that really is a group effort. And it yeah. really, when everyone rallies around you to help make it happen, uh, I, I remember that moment, and it was a cool moment. Like that, it's like, it's like the equivalent of getting Loremaster in Warcraft. Remember when you got that? Mm-hmm. Now, I did not. Yes. So I cannot attest to that grind, which I know was insane for you. It was like 2,000 yeah. some odd amount of quests. It was the 30, at the time, it was 3,300 some odd quests to do. And um, it took me a while, but I think it took me the better part of six months. But yeah, getting that title was like, okay, I will never rock another title in that game ever again. (laughs) And I also never wanted to do another quest in that (laughs) game ever again. (laughs) It's like a monumental achievement. Yeah, and, and but it's different questing too. I mean, you know, with this game, the questing is much more interactive. Um, you know, with the with the voice acting, it's a lot less reading and stuff. And you know, I would find myself kind of, even though I love the lore, I try and read through as much as I could. But man, when you're on that push for an achievement like that one, I was clicky clicky and through just oh yeah, next for sure. <laughs> but I don't. It's like you said last week. Like I could not see myself doing that in this game. Unless I've already been through the content and I want to do it on another character for an achievement or something or for a zone clear, there's there's no way I'll I click through quests. I uh-uh. just don't. Everything matters. Everything carries weight. A- right. Absolutely and it, like, everything. On my Stam Warden, uh, that's the character that I I finished the storyline on. I, I have two other characters that I uh, that I've probably about halfway through Blackwood, and even even in those runs, I'm not clicking through it. Yeah. I'm, I'm still listening to it to absorb it. It's like, of course, like we cover the material in the show. So I want to be very well versed in the story. So I'll, I'll listen to that voice acting, you know, two or three times. No problem. Right. Doesn't bug me. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a monumental achievement, completing that when it was Warcraft. And, and now over here, becoming emperor, whether you're a PVP or not, it's a good feeling because of the Lord that stands behind that. What that means in right. Elder Scrolls as a whole. And so to be able to take part in that, it's a good time. Um, I haven't been able to jump in this zero group. I'm chomping at the bit. Uh, once we're done, I'm going to try to get in. But uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no spot for you. No, no caps. No caps. No spot for you. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I've been grinding, um, just doing a ton of battlegrounds, as many battlegrounds uh, as I can, and it's just been an absolute blast. So for those of you who don't know what your mayhem really is or how to get started, especially with all kinds of people coming in the game right now. We're going to tell you about it real quick. For those of you who already know what this is about, the first few uh, couple minutes, you can just kind of tune us out for a second. But uh, anyway, Midyear Mayhem is going on right now through July 6th. 
and during this PvP event, you can earn double XP and alliance points. And, of course, you can earn some unique collectibles uh, when you clash with your fellow players, whether it's um, Imperial City, Battlegrounds, or Zero. So here's how you get involved. You visit the in-game crown store to acquire the, quote, details on the Midyear Mayhem quest. Travel to your Alliance War faction's main gate in Cyrodiil using the Alliance War menu or a Battlegrounds camp outside major cities. Uh, by the way, you are no longer required to travel to Ciro to kick off the event, which is good. Kind of uh, helps helps people navigate, because I think if there's anything that we learned so far uh, with Champ coming on board, as players who have been in it for a very long time who do not see how truly massive this game is, we now have a better ref and probably a refresher on just how massive this game is and how many systems and how many different little things make up this game and so just this little tweak honestly is kind of a godsend because it helps new players coming in who are already filled to the brim with things to do that they now can just kind of get started and get jumped in and you know do their thing but they can get jumped in is it a gang yeah you got to get jumped in I forgot that that was a thing. Sorry. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess going to zero kind of is like getting jumped into <laughs> it's like your initiation. <laughs> oh, oh, this oh. is gonna hurt, son. This is gonna hurt. You're gonna learn today, boy. <laughs> so anyway, after uh, you pick up the uh, the main quest uh, from the Alliance War menu, um, or I'm sorry, after traveling the main gate, you find the NPC named Predic Predicant Mera and continue the quest. Complete the quest to receive your scroll of Pelinal's Ferocity and Pelinal's Midyear Boon Box. Use the scroll to enjoy 100% buff in the Alliance War, Imperial City, and Battlegrounds. This includes Alliance points gained, XP gains for PvP player skills. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, Ciro's going to be a great... Cash, and you know this. Ciro is a great uh, resource for Alliance points during this event, and especially oh. XP. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And especially if you're running with a group. So if you if you if you're a solo player and you're looking to get involved in Cyrodiil, don't be afraid to pick a campaign. Get in, you know, get into the queue for Ciro, get into Cyrodiil. And once you're in there, don't be afraid to type up in zone chat like any groups running. And when people soon as you get into one of those larger groups where they're running around taking keeps and doing objectives. You can see them on your map and then you can just travel to or port to those areas. And if you're with one of those groups, that is when you're really going to rake in your alliance points. So make sure your scrolls up, make sure your uh, scroll of Pelinal's ferocity is up. So you're getting that double XP and I'm not kidding you. You are going to rake in not only alliance points for for being with a, a larger group and taking keeps and such, but you are going to have so many Pelinals mid-year boon boxes. Your your mail will fill up if you do it for a few hours. Like your mail is going to go, and there's tons of goodies in there for you to get. A lot of crafting materials. There's uh, motifs. Yep. Uh, tra uh, transmutations, uh, geodes and stones, uh, like good stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't, don't be afraid to, uh, to hop in there and just kind of mix it up. You don't necessarily have to talk, just follow the group and do what the group's doing, um, and learn from people. 
It's a really good way. Now, one quick thing I wanted to mention, if anybody is interested in the lore, you know, you hear this, so what's scroll of Pelinal's ferocity? It's like, what's what's a Pelinal? Well, a Pelinal yeah. is Pelinal Whitestrake, and he was Alessia's champion. And if you're interested in hearing about him, we did a lore lesson on him in our Twitch Tavern episode number five. And I just listened to it again to refresh my own memory. And it is a grizzled, gnarly story of a of a wandering hero that just takes up a cause with with Queen Alessia. And it is it's a really good story of of Pelina Whitestrake. He's just an incredible badass. So that dude does some work. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm pretty sure by the by the explanations that he that his glass is Templar. Oh, 100%. I'm kind of yeah, know, I'm so. itching to make a Templar. Just, I have a 50, but I just kind of want to start fresh and kind of get re reacquainted. We'll do just, it, man. Sk- yeah. Skinny Cheeks just put out a new uh, stamina Templar video. Did he? Yeah. Look at him go. The numbers are just crazy. They always are. They yeah. always are <laughs> puncturing strikes yeah, to win. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for a new for a new class, if you're a, uh, like a newer player and you like melee, uh, stamina Templar is the easiest rotation in the game, and it puts out some of the best damage. That's uh, so, true. And currently, they are OP. Um, this is a family show as heck in PvP. <laughs> Literally in 0.5 seconds. I kid you not. They'll drop 13,000 worth of damage. All right. So, uh, anyway, I also want to make a point. So you talk about Ciro and how you rake in the alliance points. So for those who are may not necessarily care to push for Imp or get involved in Ciro, I can attest to this. Winning in a battleground while you have your buffs active is going to net you somewhere around the area of 25,000 alliance points for that win in that battleground. So if you're in the battlegrounds, that's zero. There's what you can look at learning there as well. Now, quick note. You can use the scroll of Pelinal's Ferocity throughout the entirety of the event, but if you misplace it, you can always get another from the Predicate Mara or use the nearby basin of the Gore Virtues instead. Now, I want to say this as well. I didn't realize this until today. If you go to the battleground vendor at the battleground area in the major cities... She sells you a scroll as well. Whether I think it's a hundred alliance points or a hundred gold, you can buy it there oh, as well. A hundred alliance points is nothing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can't even you can't even buy a uh, like a trebuchet for that. Yeah, right. Tre- I think trebs are like fourteen hundred AP. You know, people. Are, I saw someone uh, post something on Twitter the other day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're genius. Go right now to Guild Traders. You can buy those stupid cheap, like like ten gold. You know, if you're if you're needing yeah. to fill up on stuff real quick, take or you could just, or you could just ask to get it out of the uh, Lord Seekers PC and Guild Bank because <laughs> right? that's pretty much all that's in that Guild Bank. Yeah, is stuff for PvP. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so for loot in this year's Mid Year Mayhem, you can earn a broad selection of unique collectibles and achievements. This includes. All right. So quick note: buckle up. It's kind of a big, big part of this article. This includes the new Alliance Banner Bearer Staves and Shield Outfit Style Pages. So you can represent your Alliance with these new tradable stave and Shield Outfit Style Pages made by collecting 10 Alliance Banner Emblems 
from the Mid-Year Mayhem boom boxes. All right? So you're for gonna, the queen! For the queen! So you're oh, gonna, sorry. You're going to get the Alliance banner emblems in those boxes. Keep your eyes out. And then you combine them once you have 10 with the associated license. So one for the shield and one for the staff. You purchase those licenses from the Predicant Mara for uh, Alliance points. Note that the Alliance version of the style page you receive is determined by your character's chosen Alliance. So if you're Daggerfall Covenant, you're going to get a Daggerfall Covenant uh, style page. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't getting a yellow one. You're not getting a yellow one. You're not getting yeah. a red one. See? Yeah. Next up, you got the Evans. This is dope. I saw this today on a preview. This is awesome. Uh, you can get the Ebon Steel Armor Outfit Style Pages. These look awesome. You can legit become a true knight of Tamriel with these tradable outfit style pages. These are dropped by bosses in the Imperial City, including those found in the city itself and mm. the sewers. I did not know this. It looks good. Those shoulder pieces are bomb.com, man. Oh, what? They're what? Oh my god, you're such a dad. Guy Fietti says it, and it hooked me. It was, it was like ten years ago. Guy Fietti's a dad, too. I know, we're dads. With terrible dad jokes. This is what we do. This is okay. what we do! I regret nothing. Mid-Year Mayhem Victor, or wait, Mid-Year Victors, that's it. Laurel Wreath. So, claim the Mid-Year Victors Laurel Wreath collectible by completing the Mid-Year Mayhem achievements below. This is Mayhem Connoisseur. And by the way, you can look these up in your achievements window as well. That'll definitely help you. Uh, Echo of Pel- Fury, Hand of the White Strike, Wrath of the White Strike, Pel- uh, Nevant, The Scourge, The Scourge, I'm sorry, uh, Pelinaline, The Bloody, and Pelinirif Insurgent. All right. Oh, all those, God. All that those just about puts you under. Descriptions. Oh, man. I tell you what, my blood pressure rose on that one. Uh, <laughs> you can find those in your achievement menu. menu. Just search Midyear Mayhem, you'll find all this stuff. Introducing Dwemer Drops! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I see what you did there. Hey, there is a question in chat, and I think it would be a really good idea for us to answer this. Excellent question by Cruel Wicked Thing. It says, how can you take advantage of Midyear Mayhem if you're not a PvP player? That's a good question. And uh, how can you take advantage of that? Well, if I was going to be honest with you, the best thing for you to do is... um, This is just my take off the cuff, what I would do if I were you. So so combat with other players is not going to come as natural to you, okay? Which is understandable. So if I were you, what I would do is I would find a way to go through whatever class you're playing... I would go through and try to find as many support skills that you could as possible. Basically, what you would do, and I recommend, would be to get in a group in Cyrodiil. Your role would not to be on the front lines. Your role would be to stay back with the group and just provide buffs, provide heals, provide whatever you can to help those on the front lines fighting. Um, I I feel like that it would be probably the least painful way to get involved uh, especially when you're coming over and like make you know I, I posted a joke in uh, the Lord Seekers discord um, that someone but posted on Twitter and uh, it was a scene from Batman where Bane's arms are out and it says PvP players and then you see this person in the pink out stretchy suit that says PvE players 
That would be a onesie and a little child. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> thank you. That's, uh, that, it can be that way. Um, and this is coming from someone who's, I'm both. I'm both PvE and PvP. And I say that to say, you're entering a world that you're not normally accustomed to. And that's okay. Because this isn't your flavor. This isn't, your, this isn't what you get down with when it comes to ESO. You know, you're in a whole nother world, and your world is crazy difficult on its own when it comes to PvE. So, to come over to PvP, I totally get the stress and uninterest and just disgust if you're not into that at all. But I would say, find those support skills, find a good set that you can piece together, and just get in there and start earning these, uh, your AP, your alliance points. And um, the rest of the pieces that we're going to be talking about. Because worst case scenario, the absolute worst case scenario, you get in a group, you may not enjoy it a whole lot, but you're going to walk away with a lot of alliance points. And and if you're like me as a PvE player, you're a fan of outfit style pages. You want to fill that book. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. What do you think? This this is why I, I absolutely love podcasting with you because that 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 take like I have my own take and that take that you just had was something that I didn't even I wouldn't even have considered and thought about so cool yeah that's just me I lift you up I put oh, you up you. on a pedestal now oh, thank okay you so that's what I do um I do I do have a little different idea though and and I'm my idea is a little more for the people that are like I hate pvp I want nothing to do with it. And I think Zoss did a very good job of coming up with a way that people that absolutely hate PVP don't have to get involved too much in fighting other players. And the way to do that is town quests. You can do those quests in the towns like Cropsford. There's a whole bunch of towns in there, at least like Cropsford is the one that I'm really used to and familiar with because it's closer to our main keeps but whatever faction you are there's going to be towns small little villages that are uh spread out throughout the area the trick is to wait until those towns are open on the map when you look on the on the Cyrodiil map or you pull that map up you should be able to see whatever color you are blue red or yellow you'll be able to see which of those towns are open for your particular faction. Normally, it's relatively safe to go from your starting keep to those towns if you own them, if your faction owns them. And you can grab those quests there, and there's several. There's a bunch. And you can get uh, uh, a mid your boon boxes from doing those quests and you actually get some pretty good rewards for doing those. And that's how you get your tickets by doing those quests. So don't be afraid to do that. Now, if I can give you any advice and obviously that's in Cyrodiil. So yes, there still is a danger of running into other players and yes, other players do make it a point to stealth down to those areas and gank people that are doing those quests. A lot of groups also make it a point to patrol some of those cities. And when they see gankers ganking, they gank them themselves so that it opens it back up for players from our faction to do those quests in those towns. What I would recommend, if you have it, bring a stealthy, stabby character. Because if you can go in stealth 
and you're good at going in stealth. Um, you Maybe you have some of those things built into your champion points to where you're a little better at stealth and you can detect stealth a little bit better. It definitely does help in getting those quests picked up and turned in. So don't get me wrong. There is still danger out there. If you're a PvEer and you don't want to fight with anybody, there still is the danger out there of you having to run into enemy players, and you most likely will. But it's much less than if you go behind enemy lines and try and steal keeps and try and be be part of a big group. So it's just a it's an alternate option for you. And the quests are actually pretty darn good, and they're fun. They take you all around Cyrodiil. Um, most of the Quests are right in that little hub area, but you're going to see some pretty amazing sights in Cyrodiil. So don't be afraid to uh, to take those quests and just try to be stealthy when you're picking them up and turning them in. Yeah, and to go off that, you know, I think a lot of people's um, their big fear is, or they think, oh, I'm just going to die all the time. I'm not going to be able to do anything. Well, yes, you are. You you are going to die. Everyone does in in this in Ciro. It happens. But you know what? So is your enemy. They're also going to be respawning and reviving. This stuff happens. Don't worry about it. I would encourage anybody. And I really wish there was a way that I could do uh, maybe some kind of workshop or something just to help ease the transition burden. I think that a lot of people, or even some people with anxiety, you know, doing this sort of thing. But just, Mm -hmm. I would encourage you 100%, just jump in. And everything like Cash just said, and the point I made, just get in and just get involved. There's no way you're going to be able to get over whatever that is that keeps you from doing it without just jumping in and doing it. So do it. Right. Have some fun. Just do it. Just do it. So uh, anyway, all the uh, achievements I listed earlier, quick note, access to the Imperial D- City DLC game pack is required to earn the above achievements. So pick it up for free in the in-game crown store. Boom. There's that. Bone boxes. So we we made we know made comments about these. Well, what are they exactly? Well, as you battle your fellow players in Ciro Battlegrounds and the Imperial City, you'll earn Pelinol's Midyear Bone Boxes. You can you're going to get these in addition to your regular rewards um, for the worthy containers and as PvP daily quest rewards from the following. So here's what you're going to get. Uh, you'll get these from Battleground quests from Battlemaster Riven. Battlemaster Riven is at the um, the uh, battleground battleground locations an easy one i'll just say now because it's most recent it's directly north of leowind like literally right outside the city right uh, it's the, at the docks at, at the, the docks, docks in vardenfell yeah. they're 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 all he's all over the place yeah he's everywhere uh you're gonna get them from scouting battle warfront conquest missions elder scroll capture and recapture quests yes you can capture elder scrolls in this uh, town quests in Velastras, Bruma, Cropsford, Shadenall, uh, and Coral, Choral. Um, and then uh, Imperial City daily quests as well. So when you receive and open these boons, you have a chance at the following items. Here's the good stuff. The New Alliance banner emblems. Transmute crystals. That's a big one right there. A very big one. Alchemy reagents. PvP consumables. Repair kits. Forward camps, it's something you're going to use in the Cyrodiil. Siege weapons, again, using Cyrodiil. Motif pages for the Alliance and Akaviri styles. If you are a collector, that's a reason right there to get in and get involved. Style items for your Alliance. Akaviri style items. Cold Harbor siege weapons, again, used in Cyrodiil. Prismatic runestones. 
Books of Palinol housing items. Those are great for furnishings in your home. You're going to want to have them. Uh, and fragments for a room box containing the Alliance Breton Terrier pet. That's a new thing. Did you yeah, see those? Terrier. Mm-hmm. Those are so yep. cute. I've gotten a bunch. It's like a little bone. Yeah. Terrier yep. dogs. They're non-combat pets that uh, have a little piece of armor on them. And uh, your Alliance of Choosing's uh, flag draped over their back. It's pretty cool. So a couple things that Jibs uh, did mention when he was talking about the boon boxes. Those town quests in Vlastris, Bruma, Cropsford, Chadenal, and, and uh, Charl, those are the ones I'm talking about. Those are the cities that you're going to want to go to if yep. if they're open. Um, though That's your safest bet if you're a PvEer and you don't want to run into too many PvPers. You kind of sneak your way into those places, pick up the quests go around the uh, the outer areas of those cities and finish those quests and then turn them in. Yep. And you get the boon boxes. Um, other one... Oh, transmute crystals. You brought that up, that that's a big point. So, over the years playing the game, Mid-Year Mayhem is a really good time to stock up on those transmute crystals. And of course, you know now, uh, you know now with... The sticker book, you can recreate stuff. You're using transmute crystals for that. If you need to change a trait on your gear with your crafters, um, the transmute crystals are used for that. Um, so, <laughs> one, just a couple more quick things here. Make sure that you have some inventory because your inventory will fill very, very quickly. Just like I said, your, your mailbox is going to fill very, very quickly with these rewards if you focus on doing this event you're going to have a very, very full inbox. The other thing is you are going to get so many pieces of gear to break down. If there's any characters that you're working on, your crafting with, do yourself a favor, make a bunch of bank space, bank all those items, and then you can uh, uh, deconstruct all those items on whatever character that you're, that you're trying to level crafting in excellent way to do so because a lot of those items can you sell them yeah you can sell them but they're not selling for that much because they're so prevalent in the game right now most of it is all pvp gear um so you may or may not have need for it you may not like the the sets that are dropping but it's a really good way to get materials and to level up your crafting just by breaking all that stuff down agreed 100 uh, another quick note to kind of build off what Cash said. So throughout this entire event, harvesting nodes within Cyrodiil and Imperial City, they're going to drop double their regular resources. So, uh, and also, this is a big deal. Honestly, it's this only happens once a year. This is huge. Cyrodiil Merchant uh, Adizabi Abadero, also known as the Golden, stocks Alliance War legendary quality jewelry with necklaces during the first week and rings during the second. Look, if you're needing pieces, this is the time. You can buy them with alliance points or gold. Uh, yep. But they're all legendary tier items. Absolutely and, worth it. And you, but yeah, you buy them with alliance points. So if you have a bunch of alliance points stocked up, it, it's also not a bad idea if you want to flip those items. Oh, you yeah. You buy them with alliance points and you put them on the uh, on the guild traders. Yep. And you can, if you buy some of the more popular items, you really stand to make a lot of gold. 100%. So that's a really good way to make money during this event. 100%. Uh, event tickets and rewards. So uh, the uh, event tickets are back. And during Men Your Mayhem event, you can earn up to three event tickets per day. 
by completing two different PV PvP activities. Two tickets for completing any Cyrodiil or Battleground daily quest. And one ticket for completing any Imperial City District daily quest. The event ticket timer resets at 2 a.m. EST each morning. And note, you can only hold up to 12 tickets. All right, after that, you're going to lose them. So the Impresario is the merchant during uh, Mid-Year Mayhem where you're going to buy things using the currency of the tickets, okay? This includes the unstable Morpholith. Morpholith. Wow, didn't see the R. Morpholith. <laughs> Dude, you did so good saying Adazabiyabadara. <laughs> now you just pooped the bed. There we go, full Bosmer. Uh, unstable Morpholith uh, base fragments. Uh, all three Deadlands Firewalker personality fragments, which, hey, by the way, that Firewalker personality is up for grabs, and that looks legit. I think this is the event with the last piece. This is it. Yeah, you yep, can claim it right absolutely. now. Absolutely, uh, yep. it's pretty awesome looking. Uh, if you want to see what that looks like in action, I'm sure someone's already thrown it all over YouTube. So uh, just search Firewalker personality, um, Alliance banner, bear staves and shield outfit style pages, which we talked about. Ebon steel armor outfit style pages. Again, they look awesome. Brett and Terrier pet, mend your mayhem grab bags. Uh, that includes um, collectibles from. Um, previous Mid-Year Mayhem events, and then group repair kits. Friends, there's a lot that goes into this year's event. I really feel like it's they've done a great job expanding it this year. And uh, get in there. Have some fun with PvP, because my goodness, man, there's a lot. This is a fun time for PvP in this game. I think... I think that's a good point that you bring up, bro, is that they, um, they're do, they've done a lot to expand this event. And I know there's always been a way for PVEers to get involved. This absolutely is the time, you know, if there's any time throughout the year that PVP or PVEers are getting involved in player versus player. Um, if I could just, you know, as, as a closing statement, just don't be afraid to get involved with this event. Because there are ways for you to be able to do it and not have to, you know, dive into lobbing stuff at keeps and, you know, being in these big zergs and stuff. You don't have to do that if that's not your shtick. Yeah. There's there's plenty plenty for you to uh, to do. And uh, I mean, even, even for solo players, we see solo players out there all the time. And I see a lot of other big groups. I know Lore Seekers does it, but if we run up against like a single player around those towns... Unless that player is hostile, you know, uh, if it's an enemy player, if, unless that player is hostile and like they start shooting at us, we, we just ride right by. It's like, we're not going to bug you. There are plenty of people out there that will. And there's just gankers everywhere. Just trust me on that one. But it doesn't mean that you can't get the things done that you need to get done in there. So if you're PvE or you hate PvP, there's still a lot of ways for you to get involved with the event. And don't be shy. The buddy system is a big thing when it comes to zero <laughs> Yeah. Oh, agreed. Yeah. All right, friends. Well, hey, we're going to take a quick break uh, from a new sponsor this week here on the show. Uh, I just think it's best if you just tune in and listen. We'll be right back. Hey, kids. Are you bored out of your mind? Do the hot summer months just seem to drag on? Oh, the swamp is so dull. There's never anything to do. Well, how about trying something new? How about learning to play the latest in extreme sports in Tamriel? 
Introducing Molag Dodgeball. Molag Dodgeball was created in the first era by skooma-addicted Khajiiti warriors. But back then, they used actual necrotic orbs to play, much more lethal than the currently approved energy orbs used today. The balls used today are much safer and approved by the MDBAT. That's the MDBAT. Why, it's the Molag Dodgeball Association of Tamriel. Molag Dodgeball is played with six players on each team and six energy orbs. The object of the game is to eliminate the opposing players. Once all of the players on one team are eliminated, the opposing team wins. But that's not all. If you dispel a ball that's thrown at you before it stuns you, then the player who casts that ball is out. Not you. Plus, another player from your team gets to come back into the game. It's a two-player sway. But remember, Molag Dodgeball is a sport of violence, trickery, and sometimes murder. Oh, I think I might throw up. So just remember the five M's of Molag Dodgeball. Magica, move, motion, maneuver, and magica. Molag Dodgeball, the sport where your fitness and magical ability come together. Join a local team today. You must be 18 seasons or older to participate in the Molag Dodgeball League. You must be in good physical condition and capable of meeting the physical demands of the sport. Molag Dodgeball can lead to injury, maiming, burns, and quite possibly your death. Coaches, trustees, directors, employees, and agents of the Molag Dodgeball Association of Tamriel will not be held responsible for any claims, demands, or judgments arising from injuries or damages in connection with your participation in the sport. This message was brought to you by the world champion Molag Dodgeball Merkmeyer Magica Marauders team. Go Marauders! All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> magica, move, motion, maneuver, and magica. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh. oh, boy. Anyway. What a, what a bunch of idiots. All right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, bringing, bringing, wow, I'm from Indiana, bringing, the Elder Scrolls Online ESL boss on the RPG's past, present, and future. This is IGN Unfiltered number 60. This comes to us from IGN.com. And so for those who don't know what IGN Unfiltered actually is, it's uh, it's hosted by Ryan McCaffrey over at IGN.com. It's a great job. And uh, I believe pre-COVID this was done on set, and it was unfiltered, basically centered around liter- literally a, a, a bar scene. And uh, just being able to sit down and talk one-on-one with... It's an interview series, so they're sitting down talking one-on-one with the best, the brightest, and quite frankly, the most fascinating minds in the video gaming industry. And we got to see Matt Fyroar there, which was great. Because honestly, you don't see Matt enough. He's almost like that mythical creature of Todd Howard. Um, And so when you see Matt out and about doing his thing, it's always going to be enjoyable you're always going to walk away enlightened you're going to learn something it's it was a good time and that was the same thing here yeah i i absolutely agree with that i think um uh there's there's a certain i don't want to say necessarily status but there's a certain um i think pedestal that uh folks can be put on in directing games and 
like when they when they speak, they really have some pretty uh, I wouldn't won't just say important, but just very poignant things to say. And I think Todd Howard is definitely one of them. I always feel the same uh, when we talk to Rich. Um, yeah, and I, we absolutely feel that way about Matt Firor. He just has that um, that commanding personality. And you know that he is at the very top of the echelon when it comes to all these meetings where where our game is being created and evolved and uh, when new things are, are coming to the table and like ultimately like it's his it's his say like whether it goes or not. So a lot of the things that show up in our game are because he likes them. So to, to see something like this, like I love this interview series. I think it's fantastic. This gentleman gets some pretty amazing people uh, on his show. And uh, this one I think is is really cool with the things they covered. Yeah, they did a great job on it. And, you know, it, I would highly encourage you. I almost said, oh, this will be in the show. It's over at loreseekerscast.com. Not yet. Almost. The show's on the site's almost ready. But uh, I would encourage you, go over to IGN.com, check out IGN Unfiltered, or you could just Google IGN Matt Firor, and it'll be the first article that pops up. You're going to learn a lot of things, how Matt got started, how Zenimax got off on the right foot. Uh, the Microsoft transition, you know, that was a lot of questions for a lot of fans, a lot of gamers. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online 2. Uh, con- what? Which is not a thing, so relax. Uh, cons- <laughs> Spoiler alert. Console enhanced. Next year! <laughs> um, and the Dragon Break. And then uh, Todd Howard. Uh, and, you know, they really brought up some really interesting points and there's a couple we really kind of want to talk about one being you know with with bethesda game studios being around as as long as it's been around and you know todd howard being such a crucial integral part of that experience for so many people so many fans you know ryan asked him you know like do you ever feel like todd's looming over your shoulder here's what he had to say about it so he was very clear in the beginning um, that it was my game. Like, and he told all the people on his team, this is not our game. This is Matt's game. Uh, or in the, in the future, this is Oz's game, right? We're going to advise where necessary. We're going to talk about the IP, but it's their game to design and, 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 to, and to do. And he, is, he held to that ever, ever since, which is gave us the freedom to do what we needed to do, um, but helped us because they were always there to answer questions um, especially in the days after months after Skyrim launched, when it was pretty clear that that was one of the greatest games ever made, and it was going to really change the way people perceived Elder Scrolls Online. You know, they worked with us. You know, he came up and talked to the team. You know, he we, he's, he really, really, really has helped us, and, and he has three or four key Elder Scrolls and Fallout lore people and designers, and they have really helped us over the years too. I feel like this is exactly what you want. As someone who's as something that's such a, that's like, that's like the equivalent of somebody handing somebody the title, you know, the uh, the reins for a brand new, you know, something Star Wars related, you know, something that's huge, something that's massive, and has achieved a following over years and years and years. That's such an integral thing to be able to just give the reins off and then just trust those people. That's the word. That's the word right there. And I think um, one thing that we've talked about on this show 
in regards to the relationship between ZeniMax Online Studios and Bethesda themselves is the fact that 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 factor of trust is there and that Zoss always has an open line of communication to and I'm, I'm talking from a perspective of building out the game's lore and uh, and telling the story that um, Elder Scrolls Online tells to the player, because like we've talked about before, friends, Elder Scrolls Online lore is canon. It's all canon. Yeah. It is all new lore being written right in front of your faces. And it's ending up it's ending up in the Imperial Library. It's ending up on UESP. It's ending up in our game. And that is because of that close relationship that Zoss has with the lore master over at Bethesda and the writers over at Bethesda. And, you know, they'll, they'll pitch ideas I, like I, I would speculate. I mean, I would probably give um, part of appendages to be a fly on the wall. I was going to take that into a really bad direction and realize it's a family show. Um <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I would uh, definitely give uh, partial appendages to be a fly on the wall in some of these planning meetings to hear the ideas that are being pitched out and either hear Bethesda go, that sounds great, or hear Bethesda just go, uh, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. Like, hey, what do you think? I just 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 hear me out. Just hear me out. We bring back the Dwemer. <gasps> we tell the story God. of how the Dwemer actually died, and we, we we present it to people, and we make a new race in Elder Scrolls Online, and we call it the Dwemer. And then just have Bethesda go, I don't think so. <laughs> Good try. Uh, Do you want uh, me to call Todd? Because I'll call Todd, and Todd will not be happy about this. You want me to bring this. Todd into this? <laughs> don't make me call T. Don't make me call him. Oh, yeah, but I could I could just imagine um, just imagine the power, the power of one of those meetings. If you're a lore nerd like we are, like we love the stories and it's not that we just love the stories of Elder Scrolls Online. We love the stories of all the other games, too. All the things that make this freaking world so damn rich, uh, pun intended, Rich Lambert, make this whole world so damn rich, Lambert. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, just. Just imagine having that relationship to where you are taking your IP and you are exponentially expanding the story that your IP tells. Yeah. Every new Huge. chapter, every year, is essentially its own book. It's its own fiction novel that you get to live out and you get to play. That doesn't mean I still yeah. don't want those things to read. Yeah. But... yeah. Again, going back to being a fly on the wall, like those are your planning stages with this story and the things that they're going through. They're producing novels for you every single year in a digital format that you get to play and sink your teeth into. And so it's absolutely amazing. And so I loved hearing that response from Matt regarding Todd and just how things are handled over there. And then finally, you know, for those who don't know or, or weren't around, um, Robert Altman who was a huge part over at ZeniMax. He was the media co-founder over there at ZeniMax Online Studios, passed away in February 2021. And what nobody knew, at least this wasn't known publicly that I was aware of, was simply how much he impacted ESO at launch. If it wasn't for him, honestly, we 
may not at all. It's very realistic. We may not be in the same place we are today with Elder Scrolls Online. So check this out. What uh, Matt had to say about how Robert was crucial at ESO's launch. I think my favorite story of, of, of his is that it's no secret that ESO wasn't super well regarded at launch. Like it had some, had some, let's just say mixed reviews, uh, had some nineties, had some not nineties. Uh, and, uh, the numbers, you know, it didn't sell as well as they thought it, it was, it was doing okay, but it wasn't nearly what the projections were. And, and, and basically Robert told everyone just to lay off, and we and give us space like give us space and let us concentrating on fixing it and then he told me personally he was like uh literally the quote was you know this is a one-on-one conversation it was like it didn't go the way you wanted we understand but you understand why it didn't go the way you wanted so fix it <laughs> and, and that's the, yeah, how long have you been covering the game industry and have heard a story like that? It's like, it doesn't go that way. 999 times out of a thousand, right. At the stakes we were playing at with the amount of money we had invested in the game. Uh, you know, the, the intent, the strategy, the rule book says, cut, cut your money and, and run while you can cut your losses. And, but he was, he trusted us to do it. And he knew that there was a good game there. He saw the numbers he saw that there was a small group of people, but but super hardcore that played the game every day, and we showed that to him. And we're like, he's like, "What's your strategy?" And we're like, "We're going to look at what the, that group of people does, and we're going to do more of that <laughs> and less of the other stuff." And we that's what we did, and uh, we climbed out of the hole. And now, seven years later, ESO had its biggest year ever last year, six years after launch. You and I collectively have been covering the gaming industry from podcasting in well over a decade. And everything he just said is absolutely correct. That does not happen. Ever. Ever. Namely, one... I mean, first, I don't want to overshadow the fact, you know, that uh, that Robert Altman passed away. And that's terrible. It was a big hit for Zoss. Yeah, um, you know, of course, we wish him well, and we wish his family well. Um, yeah. yep. But there's one particular point that I uh, about that quote that I want to bring to everybody's attention. If you happen to miss it, Matt Fyroar basically just said that they went back to the drawing board by doing a couple of things. One of those things happens to be rallying around the base of players that they had playing the game every single day and listening to what they had to say. That is something you will not find in a lot of MMOs that are out there, friends. Somebody at the very top who is mature enough, humble enough, and cares enough about their project to listen to the people who are actually playing the game. Those are the changes that they began to implement. That was their base. That was their cornerstone of how to fix the game upon launch. Fast forward to 2021, almost 2022. How's Elder Scrolls Online doing now? It's arguably the top MMORPG. I would say arguably the most consistent RPG, MMORPG out there. Action MMORPG. Action, thank you, yes. 
Because I mean, it's I'm not like trying to take away from from what you said, but yeah, it's this is a it's a different brand of game that we play. It absolutely is an action RPG MMO. It's it's all of those things. Yeah. But to hear him say that first when they were back to the drawing board about how to fix the product that was challenged at launch. And now you look at it, 18 million players playing the game. Yeah. New players coming into the game and yeah. going, wow, I never knew. Yeah. That is pretty impressive to take a project like that. And the, the only... There's another project that I would say, it, you know, uh, had made the right choices too, and went, you know, went back to the drawing board on a lot of things, and that would that was Final Fantasy XIV: Realm Reborn. Yeah, that is another fantastic game, and they absolutely did they did they did that like even on a on a more gnarly scale than Zenimax ever did, where they actually shut the entire game down for a couple of years, went back to the drawing board, listened to their listened to their player base. And reforge their game entirely. Yeah. Companies like that are the companies that last, and companies like that are the companies that I want to put put my money towards. Yep, you just hit the nail on the head. The companies that last. Because unfortunately nowadays what you see is too much red tape. Too many suits that you have you have to <laughs> turn the neck with a, a amazing, you know, ways that they're gonna make a ton of money just for them to get to pay attention to what you're saying. Whereas right. over at, at Zenimax They've consistently shown uh, that they listen, that they care enough that they listen. They want to continue to build the game for you. And if there's anything that I felt like I walked away from this interview from, it was the fact that, man, the future of ESO is in such good hands. Oh, yeah. It's in such good hands. And the it, it, it comes back to the fans. And honestly, what Robert did in that moment of backing Fyroar, backing the team when he didn't have to. He could have totally went the other direction with it. But listening to the interview, Matt even addresses, you know, this guy is a millionaire, but was legitimately a, a great person, a good person who cared, genuinely cared. Right. You know, that you feel like, you know, you hear stuff like that, and then that's that honestly feels rare nowadays. But it, the choice that Robert made to support the team truly set them on track to get to you know where Zoss is today where it is in my opinion the best MMORPG out there the most current MMORPG out there when it, especially when it comes to what's on uh, today's trends and tastes of the MMORPG genre um, it's it's so many things for so many people and uh, man yeah you hit the nail on the head absolutely absolutely great interview yeah, that's a it's a great interview, folks. Uh, go go take a listen to it. It's it's super chill, and you know you can see uh, how approachable of a guy Matt Fyroar is. Um, and he he absolutely has his thumb on the pulse of this game. He cares about it, and that when you have that kind of leadership from the top of a company, not only like are your expectations set of the rest of your team, but when you're leading the charge with an attitude like that that's what you want exactly. somebody who loves the project exactly and loves the fan yeah. base yeah for sure All right. so yeah anyway well friends it's time for some lore let's uh let's dive into catch through the black fin part three enter my mind vestige and walk with me through the shadows of past events 
Friends, if you uh, haven't caught up on our last couple of lore lessons, we have been covering Keshu the Blackfin. And in order to get the true story of Keshu the the Blackfin, I actually traveled in-game to Leowen to meet with Pika Real. She's an author and a very close friend and confidant of Keshu the Blackfin. And this is a story as it continues. We've covered... Keshu as a child, Keshu through her teenage years, and Keshu beginning her adventures outside of her small village at Seeketzel. But tonight, we continue. We're still in the tavern. Peak and Cash having a word about Keshu. A Pika real friend and confidant to the beloved and renowned Keshu the Blackfin shifted in her chair as we sat in the Calidus Inn in Leowin. It was mid-afternoon, and we had been chatting for several hours, but I could tell it might be time for a change of scenery. Peek, I said endearingly, would you fancy a walk through the square to stretch our legs? Wonderful idea, Pika Real replied with a smile. This old tale doesn't sit for long periods quite as it used to. We can continue our chat on our stroll. As we emerged from the quaint little inn, the thick and humid air floated around on a coastal breeze. The sounds of the small imperial city on the bay filled our ears. The bustling port town was alive with activity. The chimes of the great chapel's bell sounded from its soaring tower as the top of the hour passed. Merchants peddled their wares. Crafters crafters tinked away on new inventions. Adventurers restocked their packs and bards strummed merry tales of dangerous expeditions. I noted Picareel's gait as we walked. With her hands clasped at her waist, she glided through the square, greeting endearing citizens as they took notice of the local celebrity. There was no doubt in my mind, Picareel was a beloved part of this community. She was gracious and kind with every encounter. And in the same breath, she never missed a beat as she continued the account of her friend, Keshu. It seems that upon her return from the ruins of the Old Ones, Keshu solidified her vision for the future of the Soxalil people. Keshu spent time in the ruins researching and reading ancient texts. She delved into silent contemplation at times, perhaps deep meditation, and emerged with a plan of resurrecting the advanced Argonian society to reality. After her friend Zoxan was captured by Dunmer slavers and a subsequent visit to the ruins of the Old Ones, her simple thoughts of merely defending the Argonian people from outside threats had evolved into much, much more. Upon her return to the small village at Seekat Zol, Eshu set her plan into motion. She traveled the greater marshlands, rallying her fellow Saxalil to the cause. She began amassing an army of her own, training everyday folk in the art of combat, tracking, and guerrilla warfare. She began what started as a small band of local freedom fighters and transitioned them into a couple dozen because word was spreading through the marshlands. Among the notable members who sought to follow Keshu's lead was a tested battle mage by the name of Fire From Nowhere and a freelance freedom fighter known simply as the Elf Slayer. 
These two heroes, warriors in their own right, volunteered to assist Keshu in the training and preparation of this fresh band of soldiers. They drilled, they studied, they prepared for war. This band of Egg Brothers and Sisters, coined Blackfin's Legion, was primed and ready to be tested. As a first challenge, Keshu set the Legion's sights on a very well-known house-dress slaver caravan route. They would ambush the caravan and rescue the Argonian slaves. The attack would take place at a choke point near the border of Morrowind. They trained for weeks. They scouted the caravan's routes, and they planned for contingencies. With her troops in place, Keshu gave the signal, and they fell upon the Dark Elves. The mission would prove a resounding success, with most of the Dunmer slavers either dead or captured, and the Argonian slaves freed. With the success of the Blackfin Legion's raid, Keshu was nowhere near finished. She had only begun to fight. She continued to be a thorn in the side of House Drez for several seasons, ambushing caravan after caravan and freeing more Argonians destined for a life of slavery in the process. More freedom fighters would rally to her cause, even many from regions beyond the marshlands. Here's our first fun fact. During this time, Pika Reel had been able to complete her own right to maturity after her disappointing first attempt, as you'll remember from our very first lore lesson on Keshu. Although she was considered a member of Keshu's legion by default, Pika Reel longed for a much simpler life away from the throes of battle. Pika Reel sought the life of a sap speaker or an egg tender, but not a freedom fighter. And of course, her friend Keshu was immediately supportive of her choice. On one fateful day, Keshu's longtime friend and now spymaster, Tiwan, returned to camp with news from the north. A foreign threat had emerged in Skyrim from an unknown force called the Akaviri, and the spymaster brought a message from Keshu's longtime friend, Yorin. Yorin explained how the Akaviri forces had laid siege to the northern city of Windhelm in Skyrim and was now marching toward Mordenholt. Yorin explained that his own sister was killed in the melee and that he was currently leading the Nord efforts to thwart the invasion. He requested the assistance of Keshu's Blackfin Legion in turning the tides. Keshu the Blackfin wasted no time. She commanded her chief lieutenants. Boss Haruk, fire from nothing, she said. Rally the troops. Today, the Blackfin Legion goes to war. Keshu and her legion marched to the northern territories and would not return for many years. Ikariel returned to see Kat Zol and anxiously awaited any word. Finally, years later, the news arrived in the isolated little village. The Akaviri forces had been defeated thanks to the combined efforts of the Nords and the Dunmer and the perfectly timed arrival of a phalanx of Saxlil warriors. With the defeat of the Akaviri at the hands of these most unlikely allies, the Ebonheart Pact was born. Here's a little fun fact about the Ebonheart Pact. 
The Ebonheart Pact was a military alliance between the great houses of Morrowind, the kingdoms of Eastern Skyrim, and the tribes of Shadowfen and Thornmarsh in Blackmarsh. The union of forces was very unlikely between these regions, which had a long history of internal strife, but they rallied together in the mutual defense against Akaviri invaders and later the threat of Daedric cultists in Cyrodiil. Now, the Blackfin Legion would remain in the Allied lands for several years to help establish and further solidify the new formed alliance. Heshu and her legion's loyalty did, however, come at a cost. As part of the agreement, Heshu insisted that all Argonians enslaved by the Dunmer were to be freed as part of the treaty between the Ebonheart Pact's participating regions. The treaty was signed by the Dunmer leader, Almalexia, herself, because she was so grateful for the assistance of the Argonian forces. Keshu the Blackfin had not only secured Tamriel's borders from foreign invasion, but because of her legion's assistance, she had also secured the freedom of all Argonians with the promise of the abolishment of any future enslavement. After the treaty and alliance was secured, Keshu the Blackfin and her legion would forge on, crushing rebellions and defending the borders in Skyrim and Morrowind. As time would pass, the Legion would take up arms in defense of their alliance in the Three Banners War. Confused, I inquired, but to what extent? What of Keshu's adventures under the Banner of the Pact? Picareel slowed to a stop on our stroll, and she further explained that upon her departure from the Legion, she was asked to relinquish her duties of assisting Keshu to another capable Legionnaire. This tale, although I know it well, my fair-skinned friend, she said, is best told by the breath of someone who was there to experience it. Someone who stood at Keshu's side during the very conflict. For the most accurate account, you must seek the one I chose to continue the account of great Keshu the Blackfin. You must travel to Gideon and seek Keshu's squire, Misi. Yeah, another cliffhanger. Until next week, friends. Till next week. Ah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. We'll continue that series. Uh, gosh. Some more and more I appreciate. I think if she has to probably be one of my favorite characters out of Blackwood. Love everyone. She's pretty rad. Yeah. She's. I think. I. I think I put it in a tweet. She's a badass all the things that she's done. I th- I might be able to wrap it up next week, but there's there's more to come. Cash needs to travel, needs to meet some other people, talk a little bit more about the people who are actually there with her. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll be in Gideon next week. There you go. All right. Well, good job, man. That was awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in this episode of The Lore Seekers, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, we want to hear from you. Give us a review however you're choosing to listen, whatever platform you're using. Please let us know how we're doing. For every five-star review that we get here we uh, on iTunes, though, we'll give you some love, a shout-out on the show. And uh, we got one here from the U.S. of A. by Gats by... Wait. That'd be Gatsby's light. Thank you so much. Uh, hi there, it's Gatsby. See, it's just it's just better when he pronounces things. Long-time listener and someone who's recently started running trials with the guild. I remember diving into ESO back when Somerset released and thinking, 
Quote, wouldn't it be awesome to listen to something ESO-related when I couldn't be at my PC? What I found was two hilarious gentlemen who'd care deeply about the game and also making the world a better place. Whether it be through spreading their love of lore or organizing an amazing guild, who is like family and always welcoming, Jims and Cash have created something special with the podcast, and I'll be a listener for as long as the show runs. Dilly dilly, gents. You're the bee's knees. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for that. It really does. Uh, it strikes a chord in our hearts when you know people not just showing up just to hear the lore, but just because they like hearing from a couple of nerds. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. One thing I want to hit just super quick is uh, we have a friend of the show, and her name is Cheryl, and I know she's in chat there somewhere. Um, Cheryl sent me a very convincing email about why I should not be so hard on Sothaseal. And I, I want to dive into that a little bit. Um, so I'm going to take some more time to read through her uh, her email. But it was um, it was quite an eye opener. And I really appreciated getting a different perspective. Because a lot of you know that I'm not a huge fan of um, of Sothaseal in the game. And um, Cheryl, I was very impressed. Thank you very much, because you really did kind of open my eyes to some stuff. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Well, speaking of email, you can always email us, lorestickerspodcast at gmail.com, or you can always call us, like uh, Robert earlier. I think it was, was it Robert or Ro- Roger. Sorry, Roger. Uh, Roger Predactor. Predactor. And call us 765-382-6961. Try to keep your voicemail around a minute or less. We'll play here on the show. Uh, and... Uh, if you want to join the community, you can do so. You want to meet fellow ESO fans and honestly, even more spread, you know, Elder Scrolls fans from all over the world. Come join the community. You can go to loreseekersesO.org. That's the community site. Uh, you download It walks you through all the steps. We download Discord, join the server, follow the instructions to begin the app process. Cash? If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow Jibs at Jibs IRL. You can follow myself, Loreseeker Cash, and the cash is with a K. Follow the show at Lore Seekers Cast for all the things Elder Scrolls Online, including fun screenshots from us and fun little quips and stuff about Elder Scrolls and little bits of lore. And if you're into tabletop, you can follow our tabletop antics and our D&D game at The Natural Ones D&D. You can follow us right here on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Lore Seekers Podcast, and follow our D&D show that we record live as well. Twitch.tv forward slash the natural ones DND. Awesome. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you have a great week. Be awesome to one another, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hopefully, with the new site. Have a beer. Yeah. Or mead. Dilly freaking dilly. Or some wine. But don't drive. Can't have it on your way home from work, people. Wait till you get home. Dilly dilly.